Can anyone hear me? Ah, here we go. All right. Okay, so uh, Mr. Hockey Jerk, how are you doing, sir? Take two. I'm doing good. How are you? Perfect. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Um, it was all set up, and then it just went to hell in a handbasket like it always does. I blame Russia. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Sounds good. All right. Uh, I'm seeing that I have bars now, so you guys should be able to hear me now. I'm hoping to God. Uh, let's hit me in the chat here, guys. Can you hear me? I know it's a little bit delayed, but that's okay. I got the um, I got the YouTube open and you are making sound so that's good perfect all right um so um since we've few things have happened since we sat down last um let's get the um let's get the evander kane nonsense out of the way really quick like i did last show i i feel like i I like how we did it last show so we're gonna do it again so the current status of evander kane is he is not at training camp the nhl cleared him on the gambling allegations however um, they are other allegations that obviously have been made uh, about uh, domestic and sexual assault, as well as they said they are also looking at a possible COVID protocol breach. Um, so it was interesting how they they came out because at first it was just like, oh, well, we think there's a there's a COVID protocol thing, and and that was that, and then they released kind of another statement and updated it for the other allegations. So currently. Vander Kane, not at training camp. Is he going to be on the team this year? I don't know at this point. I don't even care. I mean, I care, but not enough to like spend any significant amount of time on it on the show. Anything you want to add to that, Jerk? Um, well, I, I think if there was any question on whether or not he would be ready to go for opening night, I think this answers it. I mean... How many times you talk about it with holdouts, with injuries, with all that stuff? You know, if you if you have to jump onto a moving train, it's so much harder. And he, I mean, he's already missed uh, a full week of training camp, and yeah. stands to miss more. I I don't think we'll see him this the rest of twenty twenty one because you know obviously everything takes different amounts of times. But if you want to be simple about it the gambling allegation took two months to clear Mm -hmm. now they have the um the sexual assault one and they have the covid protocol one i mean it could just as easily be two more months for each yeah it could also be less it could also be more who's to say yeah regardless I, i don't think we'll see him and again i'm like you i don't particularly care yeah yeah that's kind of where i'm at with with that right now all right so let's move on to some other fancy fancy dancy stuff um i said some nhl just some quick nhl news first the uh washington capitals released their uh jersey ad uh that are obviously jersey ads are being added to the uh league this year um which i don't like but i saw the capitals one and i don't hate it like it's I know a lot of people are concerned that this is a slippery slope to ending up like, you know, the European leagues where they're just, you know, they're NASCAR shirts. Um, but I don't I don't think the NHL is going to get to that point. Like, I don't think they would let it get to that point. Now, stranger things have happened. But like the helmet ad, like I was really up in arms about the helmet ad initially. And then 
I saw it and I was like, eh, whatever, I'm over it. Like I, you know, it just got to the point where it didn't even really bother me as the time went on. And I saw the, 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 the ad for the capital sweater and I didn't really like, I don't like it, but I feel like it's going to be again, it's going to be one of those things where I don't like it, but halfway through the season, I'll forget about it. And it won't even, you know, cause it doesn't really, I, I think it, it's, it's as good as it's going to get for a sweater on a net you know what i mean or not on a sweater rather yeah and i think too like it's small it blends in so from that perspective it's already i mean it's not in your face right Mm -hmm. but i you know i i I, i've always felt and i still feel this way even though we have now seen the nhl trend to ads on jerseys i've always felt that the um the history and the the lore of hockey jerseys, at least in the NHL, was always so sacred that they would not become NASCAR vehicles. Right. And I, I still feel that way. I, I think that the NHL and NHL fans are so in love with jerseys and uniforms that I don't know that it will get to that point. I mean, maybe it will, but based on everything I know and think, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, the only the only thing that would concern me is like how they've added all the digital ads to the playing surface on the broadcast mm-hmm. where you have it like behind the glass now and you have the you know, and I think that is the only thing that would concern me is based on that. Yeah, uh here's your quick sharks update. We're 10 seconds into the game and Jeffrey VL is uh beating somebody up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the Sharks playing Anaheim tonight. Um, pretty pretty lean roster uh, playing against the Ducks tonight, traveling down to Anaheim. Um, yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, uh, just a, a real quick, you know, the, I guess, guys who've played in the NHL before on a regular basis, um, Timo Meyer, LeBanc, Gambrell, Nieto, Reimer, Shimmick. That's it, really. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got guys who've had short stints, but those are your guys who are, I guess the word would be established. A um, couple interesting things. I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm William Eklund in another game, which means. You know he'll have played in three or four games. I I don't think it takes a I don't think it takes an expert to realize how Bob and Doug and Doug Jr. obviously feel about how he's done. Um, yeah, I mean, and he couldn't play the other game because they were split squad. So unless he was going right. to hop on a plane, um, you know. I mean, if he really wanted to make the team, he would have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, I believe this is Shimmick's first game, unless he played. Uh, against Anaheim last Sunday. Um, I'm not too sure on that one, but I believe it's Shimmick's first game. And, um, yeah, very young lineup, as you said. I mean, you have Hataka as mm-hmm. your number one right-side defenseman, which I'm totally fine with. I think he's impressed a lot, but it's a young lineup. So uh, if the Ducks end up running away with this one i don't think there needs to be any major panic i think we just need to- i always panic over preseason games like they lost twice to la the other day and i was pretty upset about it i was 
you know, I, I started listing my jerseys on eBay. It was it was <laughs> over. Like, because not only, you know, they lost twice in the same game. They lost the game, and then they lost the, the, the bullshit shootout. Right. I mean, exactly. I don't... I, if this is the preseason, what's the season going to hold? No, obviously I'm not too uh, concerned about any of uh, <laughs> any of that. Um, let's, um, yeah. So I, I think going back to the sweaters, like I, I understand the concern of creep, but I think for they're they're here. So I think if that's what they're going to look like, and I think if that's the way they, uh, if they kind of blend into the other sweaters, I, I'm I'm not. I don't like it, but I mean, what can I do? I'm not Gary Bettman. I can't, I, I can't put the genie back in the bottle. I just hope that it doesn't, uh, doesn't explode. Like, I hope it's not, you know, next year it's like, oh, well, you know, we got to get two ads because we got to, you know, bump HRR a little bit more. And like, that's the only, I think, concern I have is just the, the creep to more. And I think that's a fair concern to have. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, I'm still of the belief that we're not going to see, you know, NASCAR, billboard you know here's hoping um the wild uh locked up uh curl caprizov for five years 45 million nine million aav what say you oh boy i mean now make no mistake i i like kirill caprizov as a player you know um there's a couple of us you know myself and vince and a few others who have been um eyeing this player all the way back to when he joined uh the red army in 2017 so it's a player we've been following for a while and expecting to see in the nhl and now he's here and you know a very good season make no mistake about it i mean uh 51 points in 55 games over an 82 game season i mean that's a 76 point season very good but it's one season right and i just i i've kind of felt all year that um, for last year anyway, that the Minnesota Wild were were punching up, you know, like they they were a good team. Make no mistake about it. But I feel like they had a lot of guys who probably did better than they should have or at least were anticipated to do. And so I wonder if the Wild do kind of drop back down a little bit. I wonder how much that'll affect Kaprizov. I mean, he's he's obviously a guy who can do he can do things on his own, right? But mm-hmm. it certainly it certainly helps when you've got somebody to do things with. Yeah, I, this is the thing that would concern me, right? Is is the cent- the central is not the Pacific, <laughs> right? Um, so I mean, Minnesota is going to be in tough. Um, I would be. I'm concerned about the dollar amount for them because of those buyouts that they just did. I was going to say that is a. That is a, a a spicy meatball there for next year. I mean, like Kevin Fiala is unsigned. You want to try and get guys like under like this is his first contract. Like this is his first non ELC contract, and he's like, this is the part I don't understand. I mean, I understand like he had the wild. Like, what were the wild gonna do, right? Like, not yeah, bring him exactly. back. Like he had them right where he wants them, but. I mean, oh, I hope to God this guy doesn't have a sophomore slump because if he does, like, oh, Wild fans are going to turn on him so quickly. Yeah, and and especially, too, rightly or wrongly, the fact that he's from Russia does add oh, that, exactly. that, that extra stigma to him where, you know, oh, he, he just wants to go home and make money and yep. blah, 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 and all this. You know, it's worth saying after it's all said and done, you know, he is 
a talent. I mean, he's easily their best player. I don't think anybody would debate you on that, but you got to show that you can do it again. You know, what mm-hmm. you did, what he did last year was awesome for them. I mean, for sure. Is it $9 million a, awesome? I don't know. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, maybe if he does that two or three years in a row, it's a different story, but you know, it's it's huge because, you know, he obviously helped them get to the playoffs. He was very good on the ice, but also the Minnesota Wild have not had somebody to be excited about since Marion Gabrick. And for those who have forgotten about Marion Gabrick, he was on the Wild a long time ago. So, you know, it's kind of a double-sided deal here where it's like, yeah, he's good on the ice, but also I'm imagining he got a lot of Minnesota Wild fans excited about hockey again. And if he has that sophomore slump you're talking about, it's going to be all bad real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know, Marty's, uh, or sorry, like a Tiger saying, uh, the Wild are, are trending into Vancouver Canuck territory, and I, I, he's not wrong. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of money there, not doing a whole lot. Um, but we, we are going to talk about the Canucks uh, later on as we finish our uh, Know Your Enemy series. Um, I'm just going to move on here. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I get nervous about the way this is trying. Because, I mean, this is going to have a ripple effect through the entire league, right? Like, and I just wonder, like, is your, your guy coming off an ELC, like, they're gonna, they, they have so much power. And then... Like, I just, I don't know where, where this goes. Like, I, I don't know how this ripples out and affects the rest of the salary cap, right? Because obviously your veterans are going to expect to get paid. But if your kids are coming out of your ELC and jumping right into seven, six, eight, you know, seven, eight million, nine million dollar contracts. I mean, who's going to get squeezed there? Well, not only that, but, you know, you kind of mentioned the Vancouver Canucks and, and the thing that I kind of thought about immediately when Kaprizov signed this deal is like okay there's no way Elias Pettersson is making less than this because even if he's not maybe he's not a better player maybe they're the same player or maybe Pettersson's a little worse Pettersson's got more track record yeah and so like you said it, it creates this ripple effect and most signings do create a ripple effect but something like this where a guy who's played one half season gets you know what 50 million over five years uh 45 or 45 million over five years so it's you know it's definitely going to stir things up a little bit as much as i would like the sharks to have a player like kaprizov on their team uh the potential of that kind of big contract definitely is uh scary yeah, and I like, um, and it's. I'm gonna segue this into something else for just quickly because while we're on the topic, because a lot of people are like, oh, well, what's gonna happen when Mario Ferraro comes up? And I, I really like Mario Ferraro, but I don't put him in the category of these players. Like he's he's really good, but is he Elias Pettersson good? I don't know well, if I would go there. He's he's also he's also a first time RFA with no arbitration rights. For. Krill Kaprizov was also an <laughs> true, true, <laughs> right? It's true, but uh, you know, and if, if when you when we talk about like you know the potential deals for Elias Pettersson and and Quinn Hughes, that's a, a fair point. The only the only counterpoint I would make to that is they all three of those players obviously score more than Mario Ferraro does. Sure, and and that definitely matters. Like, and I like Mario Ferraro. Don't get me wrong, but I just. I don't know if I put him in that stratosphere of players. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, he's 
yeah, he's he's not the he's not Quinn Hughes until he until he can score like Quinn Hughes does, and there's been no indication that he will ever do that. I mean, yeah, you know, Quinn Hughes. Granted, he had a he had a down year this past year, but even then, forty one points in fifty six games. If that's a down year, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, if I let you also uh, bring in the chat, you know, he's already probably twenty six years old. He's not some twenty year old uh, on Kaprizov, and that's fair. It's absolutely a fair point, and it's a correct point. It's a point. He's I've made he's that... way closer to his prime than than some of these other players. I would say he's even way closer to his prime than Elias Pettersson is. But oh, for sure. The and and Blutch, um, you know, that's a good point that you make, mm-hmm. and it's a point I've made many times before. The only thing I would say to that is. And I mean, he's a first-year NHL pro. Yeah. And you know, league to you know, we've seen before. Even if leagues implement the same size uh, ice sheet, they're very different. And that's not to say that he won't continue to be this good. But I don't. It's not an absolute. I don't think. Yeah. So the NHL, um, we know that the NHL released its COVID protocols. Um, earlier uh in the off season here um and we know that like rocky thompson for example uh decided to step down from his coaching job um over the vaccination uh protocols and we have some players that are also uh you know basically uh you know potentially setting out on the trade block assigned elsewhere uh tyler bertuzzi uh rumored to be on the trade block Bodie wild um was sent to the uh swedish hockey league uh, Zach Ronaldo got cut from camp and is assigned to the AHL for now. Mackenzie Blackwood and uh, Travis Hamannick, um rumors that he might opt out again after opting out uh, last season. So, um, or in the bubble, sorry. Um, you know, and these guys are also on the trade block. What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you make of that? I mean, you know, I'm like full disclosure. I'm. You know, I'm vaccinated. I think everybody should get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. If you choose not to, that's your right. And mm-hmm. nobody, you know, it is what it is right now. Um, but at the same time, if you want to, if you want to play, you got to, you got to, um, if you want to play, you got to play ball, basically. Yeah. And all of those players you mentioned are players who are going to miss time just by virtue of the cross-border travel. I mean, Bodie Wild's a different situation because he is in the Swedish Hockey League, but the one that stands out to me is there's actually two. Mackenzie okay. Blackwood, because mm-hmm. he's New Jersey's starting goalie. Yeah. And a lot of these games that he would hypothetically miss are towards the end of the year when you're thinking New Jersey might be pushing for a playoff spot should things go their way. And the other one that stands out to me is Travis Hamannick, just because, like, he's... And I don't like to speculate on what a guy's got going on, but... For sure. You know, he was on the Islanders. He requested the trade to either, you know, any of the Western Canadian teams because he wants to be closer to his family, which is fine. No problem. But as you said, he, you know, he skipped out on the bubble last year. He might skip out on this season as well. So it just... it it really just makes you wonder kind of what, what does he have going on? You know, is it a situation like, cause his vaccination status, as far I know, as I know is unknown. Mm-hmm. So is it a situation where he just doesn't want to be vaccinated or is he vaccinated, but has personal 
issues who who knows you know right um and i think you know there's a rumor going around that apparently vancouver despite just signing him to a two-year extension is looking to trade him for this fact and Mm -hmm. i just think well i mean if you're like if you're especially a team like vancouver like like there's more american teams than canadian teams so if you're on a canadian team like yeah, you you play more divisional games than anyone else, so you're still going to get plenty of games against Edmonton and Calgary, but right, the rest of your games so are, games. you know, and other than like a trip to Winnipeg here and there, like, but I mean, the rest of your games are in the states, and you know, like that is, like that's the problem, right? Like I I I'm with you, like personally, fully vaccinated, think everyone should do it, but if you choose not to. Like, that's your choice, and I get that. But for me, then that comes with, you know, consequences, right? Like, it really annoys me when people are like, oh, I'm being discriminated against. No, you're not. You made a choice, and now you're dealing with the consequences of your choice. Like, this is the way things are going, and you don't have to like it. That's fine. And I'm not here to turn this into a political podcast, because God knows that's the last thing this world needs is another political podcast. But for me, like, if you're if if the league lays down the law and says this is how it's going to be then you know you have a choice you either do it or you don't and if you don't then you have to deal with the consequences of it i don't want to hear you bitch because you've made a choice then now there's consequences like i don't have any sympathy for any of these guys no me neither and um you know everybody you know i mean say what you want about what people have to say but you know Hamannick obviously has his family issues, you know. For sure. Black, Black, and Blackwood said there's some medical concerns. Um, I think Tyler Bertuzzi has been pretty quiet on the situation, but you know, the guy and and another one too. I don't know anything about what's going on with him, but Josh Archibald is also not vaccinated, and mm. and I just think like all of those is kind of like they're kind of just on an island doing their own thing. But the one that's interesting to me just in terms of how it's going to shake out is the Bodie wild situation, because he, I don't know if you saw but he actually posted on Instagram, basically saying like, you know, Oh, uh, you know, I wish my human rights were, you know, enough or, or something to that effect. Like, right. Played and the, played the human rights card. And and that's where I make the wanking motion and move on. Like that's, I mean, like I said, he, you made a choice, like you made a choice. So deal with the consequences of your choice. That's, you know, that's just the way I see it. Um, I mean, I hope, you know, I hope some of these guys will, will come around and, and, you know, figure it out. But I mean, um, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know if there's any Sharks players that are not, you know, that are, that are in this boat. I mean, we haven't heard anything yet. I feel like we would have heard something by now if there was, but who knows? I just think, I mean, I don't know either. And I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but there, um, you know, Doug Wilson was asked, if the team was fully vaccinated and he, he kind of gave a non-answer. Okay. Um, you know, may, makes me wonder, you know, if that first road trip to Canada, which I believe is towards the end of October, um, if we're going to see a surprise healthy scratch. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I mean, again, I mean, no one's really come out and said anything, so I'm not going to, like, again, I don't want to ridicule people. Um, I just, again, like, I think I think these guys made their choice and now you know, there's the, the consequences are here. Um, and I guess you're right, Nick. So we'll see if we have anyone 
who is a surprise healthy scratch when it's time to uh, play up north. And then we'll ridicule them then. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's um, let's uh, get into our uh, let's finish up our know your enemy series here. Uh, we have a few teams to finish up, uh, so let's start with the Los Angeles Kings. Um, projected cap space, last I checked, was about two point seven million dollars. Uh, in is Philip Deneau, Alex Edler, Victor Arvidsson, out Troy Grosnick. Um, and yeah, not, not a whole lot of change there, but uh, some really nice additions for that team. I think, I think Philip Deneau is an interesting, is an interesting one to bring in because this is a team that's loaded with centers. So I wonder if like this, that signing is going to look bad in a couple of years. If Philip Deneau suddenly making the money he's making as your third line center. That was my exact thought as well. I mean, I don't, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not any question. You know, Philip Deneau is obviously a good player, but oh, definitely, yeah. You know, five and a half million dollars uh, per year for six years. I mean, that's a lot to pay a guy who, like you said, could potentially be your third line center. I mean, we've covered it numerous times how many center prospects the Los Angeles Kings have. I mean, Turcotte, Byfield, Velarde, mm-hmm. Thomas, you know, Lazat. Um, there's a lot of guys. And so some of these guys going to get traded, maybe shift to the wing, maybe. But it's definitely a calculated risk bringing in somebody like Phil Deneau. But even then, for what L.A. is trying to do, you know, they're obviously bringing in Victor Arvidsson, bringing in Alexander Edler. Um, It's obvious that they're trying to accelerate their timeline a little bit. And I don't know that I'm ready to say they're a playoff team, but I certainly think they have a chance to... um, to go for it you know i think we've said before many times you know after vegas and edmonton it's kind of like jump ball for Mm -hmm. that number three spot and it could just as easily be the la kings i think alexander edler coming in i think you know obviously the analytics analytics community has grown to dislike him over the last couple years but i still think he's a very solid defenseman and you know drew dowdy appears to have turned the ship around a little bit and they've got younger guys as well matt Matt Roy, Sean Walker, like these are young defensemen who are already contributing. And, you know, they got Cal Peterson locked up as well. So he's obviously going to be the guy there. Um, I just think even if they're not quite there yet, I think I really think they got a lot of good stuff going on. And, you know, they took advantage of Nashville to pick up a player in Victor Arvidsson. I mean, you know, it was kind of the perfect situation for them. They gave away assets, the extra assets that they had. So they didn't really hurt their drafting uh, draft pick pool and they were able to get him for cheaper than he's probably worth just because Nashville was in a pinch. So I think, you know, in the years Rob Blake has been the general manager, I think he's found a way to outdo himself every summer. I think he's really helping steer the LA Kings in the right direction. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's, it's a hell of a job he's done. Um, I agree. Like I can't like Rob Blake has done such a great job of rebuilding that team and doing what needed to be done you know a lot of a lot of rookie general managers don't have the stones to do what he did like he basically came in right away and said this isn't working and we're gonna tear it down a little bit and we're gonna you know and then we're gonna come back up and so far i i mean he's he's been eiserman-esque almost as far as like the way he's built that team now will it be a team that you know goes and wins a bunch of stanley cups i don't know too soon to tell but 
the potential certainly there, unfortunately, for us. Um, <laughs> well, and, you know, you mentioned Rob Blake having the having the gumption to do some of the things he's done. I mean, think about, you know, that, that 70s line, Tanner Pearson, mm-hmm. Jeff Carter, Tyler Toffoli, how beloved that line was for LA Kings fans and how good that line was for the LA Kings. And Rob Blake comes in and he's like, no, we're getting rid of all three of them. Yep. And he's made it work out. You know, he got what I think was a very good return for Jeff Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. A very good return for Tyler Toffoli as well. Tanner Pearson, he probably wants a do-over on. But even then, like, he's had, you know, he's he's made no um, no hesitation in doing what he thinks is right for the team. And I commend him for it. Obviously, you know, a general manager's moves don't contribute to the Stanley Cup. But if they did, I mean, Rob Blake would be... Uh, at the top of the list, and real quick, your Sharks update. Looks like Ryan Merkley has scored to make it 1-1. to There we go. All right, so, yeah, I mean, to me, the Kings, like, here's the thing with the Kings. Like, the Kings are in such a great spot, right? Because I think every team has to get to a point where the rebuild has to be over, right? The rebuild eventually has to end, and you have to go for it, or you at least have to start getting yourself into a position to go for it. So if the LA Kings, if they miss the playoffs, big deal. Okay, so you get another, maybe a, another lottery pick, you know, and a, probably a high lottery pick, but a lottery pick nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And if you make the playoffs, well, you're just happy to be there and it's house money. It doesn't really matter, right? Like no one's expecting this team to win a Stanley Cup, but if they go in and, you know, win a round or even just push a team, you know, push a team around in the first round and maybe, you know, go out in six games or whatever, big deal like you were just happy to be there anyway and it's just experience for some of those younger guys right and i think you know the biggest kind of criticism of the la kings which i mean they're rebuilding so Mm -hmm. it is what it is but my biggest knock on them was you look at their one of the things was you look at their forward group and it's like that top line you know dustin brown on jay kopitar alex ayafalo very good first line for them i don't think that's ever in question but Beyond that, it was like, okay, Jeff Carter and a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And they bring, as I said, they bring in Victor Arvidsson, some secondary scoring. You know, they they were patient with Adrian Kempe. Now he looks like a good player. They gave Andreas Athanasiu a chance. He works out for them. They gave Trevor Moore a chance. He worked out for them. So it, it almost kind of feels like there's these guys where, you know, especially in the case of those three I mentioned, like, oh, you know, they kind of had their chance and they sort of missed it, you know, and, and to the right. King's credit, you know, to the King's credit, it was like, no, let's, you know, let's wait and see. Let's kind of see what happens here. And, and you know, they they bring in Philip Deneau as well. The LA Kings, they now have a second line. They have a third line, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were critical of going back a few shows ago is, I, I don't even remember what show it was. It may have been our expansion draft show, but we all three of us us and kevin were saying like yeah this la king's blue line is is a nightmare yes and and, you know bringing in edler locking up roy and walker like it's it's still a bit of i mean it's definitely it's gonna be an adventure it's definitely an egg it needs to be sat on for a little bit longer but it's you know they're on their way yeah, like again, I I don't know. I'm not like I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're a playoff team, but I think they could absolutely be in the mix. And oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think I really think it's between them and Vancouver for that third spot. Oof. Hot take. 
there you go. All right. Um, obviously, Seattle um, is their entire team's new. We've kind of talked about Seattle a bunch. So uh, I'm not going to go super into Seattle. Uh, just I'm just going to ask you, where do you think they finish? Jeez. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really nervous to make a prediction because I thought I thought Vegas was going to be six out of seven. And <laughs> we all know what happened. So, I mean, they have a good team. Like, they've got... Some very good guys on the wing: Eberly, Shorts, Schwartz, excuse me, Donskoy, um, Jared McCann. If you play. <laughs> this podcast loves Jared McCann. We it's have true. to mention him. But they have a lot of good guys. They don't have that elite talent, and that's exactly what we all said about Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So, who's to say? I mean, I, I, I don't think Seattle will be top three, but if they were. It wouldn't surprise me just because their forwards are very solid. They've got a really good goalie in Philip Grubauer. Um, that blue line is a bit of a project. They could probably stand to add a guy. But I think they're going to be in that middle pack. And, and I said it last show as well. But if you ask me in the Pacific, there's you know really three absolutes in this division. It's, it's Edmonton in the top two, Vegas in the top two, and Anaheim eighth out of eight. Other than, yeah. other than that, it's it's sort of anybody's game here. Yeah, I yeah, to me like they're uh I think four or five. Like yeah, they're a that. four or five. Like I, I see Seattle as a four or five team, and maybe they'll surprise me. But I just I don't know. Like there's there's a couple other teams where I where I have like some serious question marks. But I just like I'm not afraid of Seattle, but I don't think they're Anaheim either. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel too. And I'll I'll tell you what too, even though, you know, we kind of already talked about them, right? But looking at Seattle, looking at Los Angeles, looking at Vancouver, mm-hmm. it's honestly making me like want to do a double take on Calgary. And you know, hmm. Calgary's they, they we talked about their good players, like yep. that's you know they've got good players it's indisputable but i i'm looking at you know the roster of those three teams i mentioned and i'm looking at where calgary's been the last year i wouldn't be surprised if calgary is the one who just has stubs their toe early and just tumbles all year oh you know, yeah and, and I, I have johnny, no johnny, i am and you know johnny hockey is a pending ufa like that's regardless of what anybody says that is going to be a dark cloud all year I think, and even if, like, if, if Calgary stumbles, and we kind of said this, I think, last show, and I, I think I said it, but I'll say it again, that, you know, the thing to me with the Flames is, like, this is it for the Flames. They have to do something this year. Because if they don't, it proves that this project is just broken. And, you know, and it's time to probably think of some drastic moves in Calgary if this doesn't work. And I honestly don't, like Calgary at all coming into this season. No, like I think Calgary Calgary to me, I mean they're 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 a six seven team in this division. Yeah. And and it, it they're I feel like Calgary is almost gonna be similar to the Sharks of the last two years where you look at the roster and you say, Yeah, there's some talented pieces on this roster mm-hmm. and it nothing just clicks. Right? I mean you yeah. think like Monahan, Goudreau Kachuk, Backland, uh, Lindholm, Coleman. Like, I mean, these are all good players, but it's just there's something here for me 
and even their blue line i think their blue line is very solid but there's just something here for me that just doesn't pass the smell test and not only that but now you're into a full year of daryl sutter and like Daryl Sutter is the guy you bring in like Daryl Sutter is the guy you bring in when you think you're going to squeeze that last little bit of juice to get a team over the hump. Mm-hmm. Like how like if Daryl Sutter can't get anything out of this team, it's just going to make things worse because not only is everything going to be awful, but those players like Daryl Sutter has a very short shelf life as a coach. Right. Well, and even then, like, um, there's just you know it's a shame that after so many years of that team being good like forwards being good defense being good it's a shame that after finally getting a goalie nothing else is clicking yeah because how many goalies did like since you know 20 i would say 2015 when they kind of resurged there a little bit Mm -hmm. how many freaking goalies did they go through you know and it's like like remember brian elliott yeah. Remember Mike Smith? Remember Big Save Dave? Like, <laughs> they really burned through a lot of guys, and it didn't take them anywhere. Now they have a good goalie in Jacob Markstrom, and the roster's not as good in front of it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bizarre. Um, so let's move on to Vancouver, because I think this is going to be interesting, because you're much higher on the Canucks than I am. I am. I, am I too high on them? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I just, I really like, I really like the things they have. It's worth noting, uh, Pedersen and Hughes not signed yet, but according to people out there, I think the fourth period was one of them. You know, mm-hmm. Hughes is Hughes is close uh, six times seven ish, mm-hmm. and Pedersen is a three times eight-ish. something. Eight ish is what I saw. Yeah, yeah. So these guys are signed. I think. Just looking at the roster, though, I mean, like, this top six, you know, Besser, Horvat, Miller, mm-hmm. Tanner Pearson. Well, let me give the rundown here quick. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, just updated cap space here, about $13.7 million in cap space, uh, which is obviously going to be quickly uh, evaporated if those two guys do, in fact, sign. Uh, coming in is uh, Jason Dickinson, Tuckle Poorman. Uh, Tuckle? Tuck, blah, 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 blah. Tucker Pullman, sorry. Luke Shen, Nick Patan, who I really like. Uh, Oliver Reckman Larson, Connor Garland, and Yaroslav Halak. Uh, out. And this is the crazy thing. Like, okay, so out is Braden Holtby, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, Nate Schmidt, uh, Alex Edler, Stephen Bershey, and Jake Vertanen. Um, there's, I mean, there's some additions here that I really like. I really like Nick Patan. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Jarl Halak for a million and a half. I think he signed for yep. is a steal. Yeah, I love that move. I I agree. I I honestly think Jarl Halak is might be the most underappreciated goalie in the league. One of yeah, I I would agree. Like Jarl Halak would when the Sharks were going shopping for a goaltender, like Jarl Halak was the guy that I had hoped that the sharks would look at. Cause I thought he'd be a good, you know, um, I, I, I hold him in like, I like James Reimer, but I definitely put Yarrow Halak, uh, you know, a step ahead. Now, obviously it looks like the plan and we'll get back to the sharks is to obviously have Aiden Hill be the guy, um, which, which is fine. Right. I'm just, I'm just not sure he is the guy yet. Um, I think he has potential to be, but, uh, let's, we can get to the sharks in a minute. Vancouver, um, 
So what, why are you so high on this team? Because to me, like, I feel like there's a lot of, obviously a lot of turnover on this roster. And there's some things that I really like, but there's some other things where I'm like, I just, I don't know, like, this is a team where I think they could be competitive. This is a team that could also, with so many new faces, could, you know, take a while to get things sorted. Sure. So I, I, I think it's, I mean, obviously Thatcher Demko is the guy there. You know, he's getting five million bucks a year for the next five years. It's it's pretty indisputable who the number one goalie is there. But, and, you know, as much as I liked Braden Holpe, he was abysmal last year and, and you know, I hate to say it, earned his uh, buyout. Mm-hmm. And so bringing in Yaroslav Halak, he's a better option, like, first and foremost. Like, you you have that confidence if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan or if you work for the organization, you have that confidence that know that your backup goalie can win a game for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think the goaltending is better. Defense, I mean... That's, Pullman, to me, that's going to make or break. I agree. I, I'm a fan of Tucker Pullman, but I also understand why people aren't really a fan of him. Tyler Myers... I, that's probably the one kind of eyesore for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know what, I'm and I'm probably the only one. But I'm I still think that OEL has a lot to give. I mean, he, you know, the advanced analytics they're all there, and and they're worth pointing out. That's you know obviously, you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. You should use it. But you know, I look at a guy who averaged last year on a bad Arizona Coyotes team averaged half a point per game and regularly skated in 22, 23, 24 minutes a night. Like he can go and he still puts up points on a bad team. Like what do you think he can do with, you know, some of the guys in Vancouver? And I started to mention it before where this, this their forwards. I mean, they're already pretty loaded. Pedersen, Horvat. Uh, Besser, Miller, Pearson, like these are all really good offensive players. They bring in Connor Garland, who I think is very underappreciated. He's mm-hmm. a very good player. Um, Nils Hoaglander is another year older. Yep. And so he's obviously better. I just think specifically for Oliver Ekman Larson, I think Vancouver's forwards are much better than Arizona's. And I think that's going to help him tremendously. Um, the goaltending is obviously better, which will, you know, it'll take some of that uh, pressure off of the defense as well. Even though you don't want to leave your goalie hanging out to dry, if he is on his own, you at least have more confidence that a save can be made. I know they had Darcy Kemper in Arizona, but he was injured a lot and mm-hmm. they played a lot of games without him. And I just think, I think Oliver Ekman Larson has more to show. I think their forwards are very good. I mean, that top six, I. I'm going to say it. their top six is probably, for me, maybe top three in the league in terms of their top six forwards. I just think they're all good. They all bring something to the table. Yeah, I like, there's a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of like, obviously a lot of young guys here. I think to me, like the defense is where I kind of side eye this team. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about earlier, we don't know if Travis Hamannick's going to play. I think... I'm not a big OEL guy, but if they don't have to lean on him especially hard, I think that would be to his benefit. That And that's to me, is the question when I look at this blue line, is how hard are they going to have to to lean on OEL for minutes mm-hmm. and for deployments? And if they can find, you know, if they can shelter him and, like, throw him out there, you know, when, when the play's obviously in the other end of the ice, I think then, 
you know, he can thrive. And you're right. I think he could be really, really good. I think if they need to rely on him to play big minutes all sides of the ice, that will be disastrous really quick. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I'd put, I'm putting him, I'd put him out there even strength, put him out there power play and, you know, let Quinn Hughes handle mm-hmm. the penalty kill. You know, let yeah. these other guys, Tucker Pullman, you know, let them handle the penalty kill. I think the problem with OEL and, and other guys like OEL, you know, obviously Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, all these guys is their bread and butter is offense. Mm-hmm. And then and then they have coaches who say, well, why don't you kill penalties for us? Yeah. It's like that's, that's, not, that's not what they're there for, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I look to me like I think Vancouver, I think they're like they're good enough. They're going to be in the hunt. But I, I, I just think there, there are teams that I look at in the Pacific that I like more. That's fair. I, I don't know. I, I have Vancouver as my number three team. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that high. Like I think they're there. Like sure. I, they're probably you know I don't know. Are they three? I don't know who I even have as my three. That's the problem. What like they're definitely in that group of. There. <laughs> there's there's a group of like there's a group of teams where I think. It's going to be interesting. I think Vancouver, mm-hmm. LA, I still, you know, Seattle could probably be interesting, but I'm not, you know, they're kind of on that lower end of that tier for me. Say San Jose. I, <laughs> hey, look, I, the Sharks, I'm not, I'm not as completely sour on the Sharks this season. I, I think a lot would have to go right to put the Sharks up in that third spot. Sure. A lot would have to go right. But I don't think I don't think they're going to be a complete disaster this team and maybe they will be. And maybe that's just because like I'm too high on Martin Jones not being here anymore. <laughs> but I mean I I want to see if as long as they get competent goaltending and and are they going to get that? I don't know yet. None of us know. But it can't be worse than Martin Jones. Well, and, and speaking of Martin Jones, real quick, you brought it up, so I feel I feel compelled to mention it. Did you happen to see his uh, his handiwork tonight in Philadelphia? My hair is very safe right now. Yeah, uh, and he got he got yanked halfway through the game. Worth yeah, I feel for him. He was only in the net for thirty minutes, but um, seven twenty seven save percentage. He let in three goals on eleven shots. Well. <laughs> so I think the flow's safe, guys. I, I think the flow is safe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Yeah, I there's there's a lot of things like for the sharks, right? Because looking at the sharks and after we look at the at the rest of the division, like there's a lot of things that I need to know, right? Like one, what's gonna happen with Evander Kane? And isn't Evander Kane-less locker room gonna be a better locker room? I think so. I mean, but are you going to miss his contributions on the ice? Because, again, like, you know, I don't think much of a, of a Vander Kane as a person at this point in time. But as a hockey player, like, I, facts are facts. Like, he led the team in points last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, but maybe a happier locker room. I don't know. Like, there's so much with the Sharks that I just don't know. Well, and I think... And we've made the analogy before, right? But mm-hmm. I think in a happier, like with a happier locker room, if you're your guys, if you want to look at it as players or if you want to 
look at it as a conventional job, you know, say your employees, if everybody's happier, they're much more on board to get the job done, contribute. Yeah. If you work with somebody who sucks, you dread going to work, you dread being around them. And so will they play better without Kane? Who's to say? I but I, I think yeah. I think I think based on everything that's out there, obviously Ian and I are not in that locker room. No. But based on everything that is out there, even if they don't play better, I think they will play happier. And in a way, being happier could help you play better. Or at the very least more focused. Yeah. Oh, we so have to do to one say? more team. There is another team we have to do. <laughs> And that, of course, would be the Vegas Golden Knights with their projected cap space of zero, but they'll make it figured out. Um, in yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it, the the NHL is going to give them a credit, don't you know? Fair enough. Uh, in uh, Nolan Patrick, Evgeny Dodonov, and uh, Laurent Brossois. Out, Tomish Noshik, Dylan Sakura, Marc-Andre Fleury, Ryan Reeves, Nick Holden, and Cody Glass. Uh, what says you about Vegas? Well, I, I have an initial reaction. So I'm, I'm looking at this this Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick one-for-one one deal, and I'm just like, what are you doing, Vegas? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Nolan Patrick, second overall pick. Obviously, very good player in his junior career, but a player who's been injured a lot the last two years, and you don't know how that's affected his game. I think I would have rather held on to Cody Glass if I were Vegas. But at the same time, Vegas was definitely getting impatient with Cody Glass, so yep. I can understand their logic in trading him. I just, I don't know if I would have done it for Nolan Patrick, but you know what? Maybe Nolan Patrick's medical issues are behind him. Maybe he'll make me look stupid, and if he does, he can come on the podcast and tell me all about it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I look at, I mean, there's still the class of the Pacific. I mean, I, I don't think there's any, there's any doubt there, right? Like, this is still the class of the Pacific. I just wonder, you know, this is, again, a team... All in, all in, all in. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, sorry. And I just wonder how long they can keep this going. Like, how much longer do they have to, to be all in? You know what I mean? Because eventually you're right. just going to all in yourself out of contention. And, and I've seen, like, a lot of, you know, are, are Vegas, are, are they on pace to just become the Sharks where they were all in, all in, all in, and had nothing to show for it after a bunch of seasons? Like... And I still think, I like, I don't, I don't think the window's going to slam shut for Vegas, like, immediately here. No, I, I, I don't think so either. But there's definitely, um, there's definitely some things that you look at and, and you know, like, okay, if things don't work out for them, if they get, if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, like, you can see where they're going. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a couple things that stand out to me. Number one, obviously... They found a way. They brought in Evgeny Dadnov. I like Evgeny Dadnov. Oh, I, I like that move. That he, I you don't like it? Or no, I do it? like it. Yeah, no, it's a good move. Yeah, I really like it as well. But my only concern is that when Alex Tuck is healthy, mm-hmm. and for those who don't know, Alex Tuck looks to be out until February, I believe. Mm-hmm. If if when Alex Tuck gets healthy. Number one, where are you going to find the cap space to make it all fit? Number two. Where are you going to find the Where are you going to find the ice time for all these guys? Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think they were really smart to keep Matthias Janmark. He gives them bottom six depth. I think they were really smart. Man, I'll tell you what. They got Alec Martinez on a sweetheart of a deal. They did. Yep. Because 
he could have gone anywhere and gotten six, six and a half, seven million. Mm -hmm. And you know what he said? He's like, you know, me and my broken foot are going to stay right here. And he's going to take his five and a quarter and he's going to like it. And they got him on a sweet, which I think is awesome for them. Um, But also kind of on the negative side of things, like, okay, say you, I mean, they seem to like going to the conference final. So say you go to the conference final again and you lose, you know, is Robin Leonard going to be the reason you lost? Because the, the gab on Robin Leonard is that he's, a 1B at best. He can't start 65 games. So is, if you do lose in the conference final, or basically if you lose, mm-hmm. is Robin Leonard going to be the reason for that? And I think Robin Leonard is a great player, great person, but can he be that 65-start goalie? I It's still too early to tell, if you ask me. I mean, just because he hasn't done it yet, at least successfully. But also, I mean... <sighs> Talk, going back to that inaugural team and how much everybody loves guys, what are you going to do with Riley Smith? Yeah. Because Riley Smith, he's a pending UFA. You've got Alex Tuck. You've got Evgeny Dadnoff for another year. Maybe you bring Matthias Janmark back again if you want. But they really got to think about Riley Smith because as, you know, they have the other guys. They're Marsh, so Carlson, Pacioretty, Stone, Petro, all these guys. Riley Smith is probably like the most underappreciated element of this team just because he's so good and does it with very little recognition. But he's also one of those guys where he's he's part of the that golden misfits, you know, as mm-hmm. they say. And so it's like if you, you know, now all of a sudden you miss the playoffs next year and it's like, okay, well, we're going to let Riley Smith go and then we're going to do this. Or we're going to do this, you know, and it's, you know, I just they kind of in a weird way they almost have to have to do it this year just because of you know like i said riley smith matthias yanmark these guys are up but also like they got a lot of guys signed long term who you know if they can't get something done it's just it's going to be a log jam yeah and i still the only thing i the only criticism i have of this team because i like robin leonard i think robin leonard's a good goalie i think that having all that money tied up in goaltending between him and flurry wasn't tenable like it was something had to be done there and i think as much as i think people like mark andre flurry um but i still think this team sucks at center ice i agree with that 100 percent. you know and i mean they 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 seem to it's it's amazing it's amazing to me because they seem to manage even though like i is who on what other team is chandler stevenson of 1c <laughs> he was the 4c in washington right so I mean that to me like that's the one that's the one flaw I see with this team. Um, I also I wonder what this team looks like without Ryan Reeves too. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of I mean, and and this is I mean this is the price that they're they're gonna have to pay right. Like they're gonna have to let guys that people really like walk because again there's just there's not enough money there's not enough room. Um, and but I'm curious to see because you know. When the Sharks, when they, when the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights play, you know, my big thing was always like, as long as they can, you know, as long as they don't play the Ryan Reeves game, they'll do all right. Now, last season, they just got their ass kicked all the time, but that team wasn't very good either. But, you know, but I still found like they played more competitive games when they weren't chasing Reeves around the ice. And I'm not a big Ryan Reeves guy personally. Like, I, 
could care less about that ilk of player. But, you know, after watching my team stupidly chase him around the ice in uh, many a game and, you know, get blown out doing it, like, I wonder what effect not having him there is going to have on how difficult the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be to play. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think a lot of teams are going to benefit from Reeves no longer being on Vegas is there's there's one less distraction, right? I I agree with what you said. I mean, they I mean like you this team is very um very well endowed on the wings, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Stone, Pacioretty, Marsha so Smith, Dadnov, Tuck, Yanmark. Like these are all really good wingers, but it's like like I said, where are you going to find the ice time for all of them? But yep. also the thing that stood out to me, and you can say what you want about William Carlson. I think he's a good player. Um, he's obviously not, you know, he's not the 78 point player from four years ago. No, but he's a good player. He's a good, good player. And, like he's still, like he's a, he's a guy that I would not kick off my team if he was on it. You know, is he, is he a f- almost $6 million player? No, probably not. He, you know what though, he is in the playoffs. I'll tell yeah, you that. no, that's you know what, that's that's a good point. He he is one of those he is one of those guys where regular season doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll he'll I, he'll be he'll be okay in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, he's just dynamite. Yeah, and, I will concede that point for sure. Right, and but he's not in the regular season. He's not a number one center. And I just look again. I like Evgeny Dadnov. You obviously like Evgeny Dadnov. But you're already plentiful at the wings, and you need centers. Why are you training for another winger? Like, I understand Alex Tuck is injured, and you need somebody to pick up that slack. Mm-hmm. But that's why you. But that's why you re-signed Matthias Janmark. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's 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 a good point. Um, I think they'll be a good team, but like I said, their winger. I mean, their wingers are going to be fighting for ice time. Yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're the class of Pacific. I just, I'm just curious to see how they fare against the rest of the West. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. I want to see how they do against the the Colorados of the world. Because, again, I, I wonder, as much as I'm not like a big you know proponent of the Ryan Reeves type guy, I do have to wonder the impact. Because it's not like the Sharks are the only team that has been, that have stupidly chased... Reeves around. Colorado was guilty of it in their series too. Right. And I, so I'm curious to see how, uh, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how they stack up against the, the Colorados. And I think of resurgent Dallas stars. I think Dallas is going to be a team next year. Yeah. And even Winnipeg as well. I think, like, yeah, I think Winnipeg's going to be up there. I think any team that has, I mean, that I bowling. honestly, I honestly think we and and you know what I'm telling you right now, similar to Vancouver, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Chicago as well. Yep. Yeah, I and, think Chicago is going to be in the mix. I just I don't that Central. I don't even know what to make of the Central. Like I look at that no, division it, and it's a complete crapshoot. You 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 kind of wish that the Central could take all eight playoff spots. Yeah. <laughs> like we could see. Vegas be dynamite against the Pacific and then just average against the Central. And it would mm-hmm. be a total, you know, Jekyll and Hyde kind of scenario. Yeah. No, definitely. All right, so let's move on to the Sharks because uh, that's why we're here. 
Um, so just before we actually came on, uh, there was a, a round of cuts uh, announced. So we'll go through those first. Um, Tristan Robbins got sent back to junior, who I thought had a really good camp. I uh, really liked mm-hmm. what I saw from him. But he was never going to be – like he's a guy who he has to play in the NHL or the Western Hockey League, and he was not taking a job. Like as good as I thought he was in camp, I still think, you know, like him going back to junior is exactly where he should be. Agreed. Um, and then the other players got assigned to the Barracuda, and they include defenseman Mark Alt, who I don't really have much to say about. Like, I didn't really – I only he was a, saw – He was a surprise tryout. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, good good on him for getting to go to the Barracuda, um, but I don't really have much to say on him. Uh, I was kind of surprised Joachim Blickfeld's already out of camp. Me too. I thought he looked good. Yeah. Um Noah Gregor also uh, going to Barracuda camp, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I'm, it, it's well documented. I'm a big fan of Noah Gregor, and I, I, you know, I thought this was going to be his time to show that he belongs. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, the fact that he was an early cut, I'm hoping it's just a situation where they want to see what they have in other guys, and maybe he gets called back up down the road, but. I don't know. As a f- legitimate fan of his, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, Scott Reedy also got sent down. Another guy who I really liked um, in camp, but he was, ne- again, uh, you know, a guy who, as even though I thought he had a good camp so far, he was never he was never a threat to steal a job. Right. You know, so to the Barracuda he goes, and that's fine. And also Zachary Sachenko, who I like, but, I mean, this, again, we know who the goalies are. Um, I, I, I know they're keeping Melanchuk, uh, up for a little bit longer. And I think that's just to get, you know, just to get him some more reps, I think. Um, and then he'll join Sachenko on the Barracuda very shortly. Um, but yeah, again, like, you know, Sachenko, he wasn't going to unseat Hiller or Reimer. Like we know who the goalies are. Sachenko is heading there or, uh, sorry, Melanchuk's heading there very, very soon. You know, I, I think he'll get a couple more games in and then, you know, or he'll, they'll, they'll have him on the bench for a couple of games. Uh, just to throw it in case anything goes wrong. But other than that, I mean, it's it's Hill and Reimer. We know the goalies for this year's team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, other than so, – so, I mean, obviously we mentioned, like, we had some positive things to say about some of these players here. Any, like, through the rookie tournament, I know, like, we haven't been able to see a bunch of stuff because, you know, it's 2020, 2021, and yet, you know, like, we just have games that aren't streamed at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, right? Unless you unless you sign up and you know, <laughs> give them your address and do all this crap. Oh, it's so painful. And even like the audio thing, like I was gonna just I was I was hoping to like just listen to the one game on audio like through the Sharks website, right? Like just play it on my browser, right? Big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on my computer, so why don't I just do? No, I can't because apparently, like when I went there, I got a 404. Other people didn't have that problem, but other people that are also Canadian did. So I'm assuming it's <laughs> geo blocked for some godforsaken reason. Like who geo blocks audio in 2021, the well, sharks, because it, they want, they want to grow the game, but not where you are. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I have said many, many times that, you know, why would you put another team in Canada? If you put a team in Canada, you don't make one new fan, but if you put a team in a silly, <laughs> you know, quote unquote, stupid place, you can make new fans. Right. I get that, but like, I just, it bashes my head in. (laughs) Like, I I just, I can't even. 
<sighs> yeah, but I just. Is, but this is not. This is not anything new. Like I, you know, we've seen before, right? Where teams will put their preseason games or their rookie tournament games. They'll they'll live stream them on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you know everybody has a good time. And for the Sharks, it's like, oh, you know, Nick Nolenberger is in there with his iPhone. Uh, here's the <laughs> password to get in. It's like, really? <laughs> like, oh, poor Nick. I know. I love Nick, but I, it, he was the first name that came to mind. So, okay. So uh, now that we've complained about that, who has um, really stood out to you so far? Like who, who would you, other than Eklund, cause we're going to talk about Eklund in depth in a minute. Um, who, who's really, you know, stood out to you? Who, who have you really liked in camp so far? Well, everybody was really high on Jasper Weatherby, and mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't drinking the Kool Aid just because we hadn't seen him play any games. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I was at the Vegas game uh, last Sunday where he had a goal and an assist, so I obviously watched him there, um, and he looked really good um, from what I heard uh, in the game against Los Angeles that was on Tuesday. Um, so obviously, he's a guy I'm intrigued in. I think. He's certainly playing well enough to 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 get you know Doug and staff to maybe rethink that Gambrell extension. Yeah. Um, and but you know what? With Weatherby, like, say he plays, if it doesn't work out, like he can go to the Barracuda. It's no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. But I think I think he's somebody that I've been impressed with really early on. And then you know I know a couple of us in Discord we've been really high on him for a couple of years now. Maybe I'm biased because I picked him in a fantasy league, but. I really liked um, what I saw from Hataka on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I thought he played really well. There was one instance where, you know, Hill kind of caught himself out of position. And it's like, here comes Hataka, boom, kick save, like out of nowhere. Um, and he just looked like his skating looked really, really good. His transition game looked really well. I, I would be surprised if he played in the NHL this year. You know, maybe he goes back to the Barracuda. Maybe he goes back to Finland. Who's mm-hmm. to say? He's definitely... That player where it's like, yeah, he, everybody knows he's not going to make the team this year, but you want to make a good impression so that people remember that for the next time around. And I think that's what Hataka has done. Yeah, um, I, I echo that. I think a guy who's really stood out to me, who I really like, is Adam Raska. I really liked his game, yeah. like, and and he's a guy who I think, like, I'm excited to like. There's a there's guys where I'm excited to watch on like on the Barracuda this year. And like Adam Rask is a guy that I think that I would tune into a Barracuda game to watch. Yeah, you know, again, probably a guy that's not going to make the team out of camp, but I I think he's he's looked really good. Like he's kind of all over the place, right? Um, I I like the Hataka. I really I've been really really positive. Uh, I've liked a lot of things in his game too. I think you know, and, and guys that probably should look good at this point, but like I think Shemlevsky's had a hell of a camp. I agree. I think he's he's been very good. I, like I think he might be knocking. Uh, there's a couple of guys that are really knocking on the door for. I, I think to make this team out of camp, and I think like if Shemilevsky doesn't make it, he's going to be one of the first guys called up. Like he's going to be next man up. I think. I agree, and I think too, especially like I I personally think at this point now we have. You know, this is the fourth preseason game tonight. We've obviously got two more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still plenty of time. But I think right now you're, you know, I think you can pencil that fourth line as Nieto, Weatherby, and Cogliano. But all it takes is for one of those guys to get injured or have a stumble. 
and Chemilevsky's right there. And I even think at this one, you know, his offense the last year has has been he's always been very good offensively, but I think mm-hmm. he's really dialed it in and really refined it. And so I think even if say you know Evander Kane come back doesn't come back, and then let's say somebody like LeBanc or Meyer or Balsers, you know, they get injured or they struggle. I easily think Chemilevsky could jump up right there as well. Just yeah. How much his, his game has evolved over the last year and a half. Yeah, and, and I like how you, you mentioned Weatherby. Like, Weatherby's a guy who, like, I was like, okay, when I, when I watched him the rookie things, I was like, okay, he looks good, but, like, he should look good in this environment, right? Like, he's... <laughs> right. He's a guy who's, you know, he's significantly older than some of the guys he's playing against. Like, at this point, like, he should completely excel in that environment. So I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Like, yeah, he looks good. But, you know, is 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 he really knocking on Gambrell's door? I'm like, I don't know if I'd go there yet, right? And then, but, like, and then I saw him in the, the next game, right? And obviously, I want to see how he does as, because as we go on, like, there's only a few preseason games left. And those rosters are going to get start looking closer to NHL rosters. And that's where I really want to see Weatherby play because even like, you know, he's still, he's looked good, but again, it's still like some of these teams that he's played that I've seen him play against anyway, that have been, you know, viewable. They've been some pretty lean rosters. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like I, I'm interested, like I'm a lot more interested in Jasper Weatherby now than I was before camp started. But I just, I don't know if I'm like all the way there to like, oh yeah, Gambrell's cooked like i don't i'm I'm just not there yet no i you know but i i think a couple more games and i i think then you know if this continues then uh, you know the argument could be could be made i just i just want to see how he does against a more nhl laden lineup yeah and that was that was why i wasn't drinking the kool-aid at first as well because it's like same as you're saying it's like okay he dominated a rookie tournament. Like, let's mm. see what else he does. Yeah. And then... Yeah, he's like, he's 23. Of course he dominated a rookie tournament. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> it's exactly like, like you know... Do you remember how many rookie tournaments they made Barkley Goodrow go to? And... Yeah. It's the same thing. And, you know, I think seeing him... Just seeing him in Vegas last Sunday, I think, is kind of what... Maybe I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid quite yet, but I've got a glass of it in front of me. Mm-hmm. And... Because, you know, had the goal, had the assist, but just played so well, you know, with moved well, used his size. Like, he just did everything right, I think. You know what else I also like? Mm-hmm. Another guy who's kind of stood out, who, again, uh, guys, going back to New York, Gannon LaRock actually has surprised me. Because when he was drafted, I kind of shook my, I kind of scratched my head, right? Because okay. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's big, big lugging defenseman. <laughs> but I, you know what? I, I I I take that back now because at first I was I really scratched my head at that draft. I'm like, eh, yeah, okay, yeah, big, big, huge lumbering defenseman, great. But I've actually, you know, I I think he's I think he's shown some stuff this camp. So yeah, tr- truthfully, I haven't gotten to see him play, mm-hmm. but I also, I mean, you know, I haven't heard anything negative about him, right? Mm-hmm. And as as far as I can tell, he um, is he still on the roster, or did he get sent back? Um, I you know what I had this I had the roster up, and I didn't. I don't know if he got sent back or not. I had the I had the most recent roster up, and and uh, I do not anymore. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. I got the roster. He is. 
He might have been in the first round of cuts. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, be- I believe he was. But even then, you know but, what? Yeah. Like, I have the roster right here. I don't see his name. But okay. That's, but even then, like, he obviously did some good things, even though I personally didn't get to see it. He did some good things to stand out, and I didn't really see any criticisms of him. So I think it's the same thing, right, where it's like, yeah, you're probably not going to make it, but make a good enough impression for the next time around. Yeah. No, and I, I think he, I think he did a I think he did a good job for a guy that I didn't really think much of the pick, and you know now I'm I, at least I'm, I'm intrigued. So let's talk about some players now, where obviously they've been you know they've they've been around a little bit now. Um, I think Oz like what have, from what you've seen of Ozzy Weisblatt, what have what have you thought so far uh, from his camp? If from what you've seen, um, no, I didn't see much, but. What I did see, I thought he was good, um, not challenging for an NHL spot, um, but that's okay. Like he can go back to junior and mm-hmm. he can be a beast there. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fumbling around out there, right? But he's just not, he's not there yet, and that's fine. He'll go back to junior, and he'll have a good season, and then we'll talk about it next summer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think he's had a really good camp. Like obviously, again, yeah, he's going back to junior. Uh, probably in the next round of cuts maybe even he probably he goes back. back i don't think he's i think he's i think he's still up okay let me see because i know there was because they kind of these six like so far the sharks have made cuts twice yes now, this training camp and both of them have like been very like like they just sort of came out of nowhere you know it didn't feel like mm-hmm. there was a formal announcement but yes ozzy he is still on the roster yeah that's what i thought yeah so i think um i i I think you know maybe he gets another game and then he goes back i think he's a guy who i think has shown enough where he is going to threaten for an nhl spot sooner than later like i i I think that of him um and so getting him that experience to just hang out in camp for as long as possible like it's not going to hurt him to you know just hang out with the pros for another few days um right so I don't know. I've I've been really impressed uh, so far. A player who's gotten a ton of positive mentions, although I haven't really thought much of what I've seen and against. Again, that's very little. But like Ryan Merkley is getting a lot of positive mentions, which uh, I didn't expect because I know a lot of people were pretty sour on his Barracuda run last year. I know Kevin Lacey was really uh, down on Merkley, but a lot of positive mentions in camp so far uh had a goal tonight um mm-hmm. so i what i what i have seen like it hasn't really i haven't been impressed but again i've seen one maybe Ooh. two rookie games and you know the one game so real quick to interrupt you sorry uh here's your sharks update uh Jeffrey VL just scored to make it 2-1, assisted by your pal, Adam Raska. There you go. I love Adam Raska. It was a nice little play. A nice two-on-one, and uh, wow, that was Hampus Lindholm that he just turned around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raska, Raska just popped it right around Lindholm and was like, yep, okay, watch this. Oh, I need and, to go watch this after. And even then, VL didn't even really shoot it. He literally just put his stick in the slot and the puck hit it, so... Very nice play. I mean, right there. I mean, you were talking about, you know, lesser competition. I mean, <laughs> Raska just rinsed Lindholm there. So. There you go. <laughs> so, I like, what have you seen, like, for, for Ryan Merkley as far as, like, I mean, because this is a guy who 
this is a guy who needs to threaten for a roster spot at this point, right? Yeah, I think... I mean, he has a goal tonight, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like he's been super involved in the offense like we all anticipated. But I think defensively, there's certain things that he's doing better. Like, he seems... He seems much smarter with his stick. That was kind of one thing that I had noticed. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm just, I mean, I, I as much as I want him to be really good defensively, I hope that it doesn't take away from his offensive talent because the offensive talent is obviously really good. Um, but so far, it's it's. I mean, there hasn't been much to go off of. But like I said, what we've seen, I think he's definitely an improved player. And I think he will... You know, I think he'll fare much better this year with the Barracuda just to have that, you know, full a full season under more normal circumstances, um, you know, more refined skills. You know, I yeah. I truly think that he'll thrive this year. Yeah, like I think he's like I've always said, like, I think he's a really talented player. Like as far as like talented picks go, like when I I I, I, I still like the pick for the Sharks. Where they picked him, where they got him, I think it was a great pick. The only thing I think that really concerns me is he still has this tendency that I've seen to try and do everything. Like, uh, there's a couple times in the rookie tournament where he just decided he was all five guys on the ice and he was going to do it all. Which always ended terribly, (laughs) right? Um, And and you know what? I, I mean, it's worth noting as well, only... Uh, only two of the four games so far have been on TV, but yeah, from from what I've seen of him, there hasn't been a lot of that. Yeah, no, like that. The, that was in like a couple of, like the rookie tournament games, and mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that that seems to have come out since. Yeah, I mean, I think with better players, obviously, um, to be surrounded with, and obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna try and be everyone when you know hurdle and couture on the ice like obviously you're probably gonna you know might defer a little bit more um yeah i i don't know i mean like i i'm looking for big things from merkley this year you know again is he gonna make the camp the the team out of camp probably not but i think he is a guy who should be you know he he should be the guy in the situation where he's next man up right yeah, I I definitely think at this point. I mean, he was drafted three years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, he he doesn't need to be an impact player right now. I don't want anybody to get that idea, but he definitely needs to be knocking on the door, like yeah. you said. And so we'll see. Um, the thing this is the thing that stood out to me actually for you know for like the fact that this player hasn't done anything by no fault of their own, mm-hmm. but you know. Um, Nikolai Knizhov is banged up right now. Yeah. You know, he hasn't he hasn't played a game. As far as I know, he hasn't been skating. So, you know, I think it's safe to say Ferraro and Burns is a locked pair. You know what we have with Carlson, Vlasic, Shimmick. But, you know, Knizhov yeah. thrived, thrived with Carlson. And so let's say Knizhov's not ready to go um, for the regular season. You know, what's the... 
what's the play there, right? Like, do you do you elevate Vlasic back up with him? Do you elevate Shimmick? Does does maybe somebody like Hataka all of a sudden have a chance to be in the NHL? You know, it, it, everything specifically with the blue line. I kind of think everything is sort of hinging on what's up with Kanishov. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's an interesting point because I obviously like you could put Merkley up there, but then who's going to actually play defense? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, that's not you know. But whereas Hataka, like Hataka's been really good defensively. You know, he's he's a guy who I think he's probably a guy who probably needs some AHL reps though. But mm-hmm. I think he's he's definitely. I think he's probably put himself in that conversation. Yeah. For sure. You know, is he a guy that I think is it? Would you want to put him in that situation? Like he's a guy like where I would get concerned. You know, where you would put him on the roster and then Boogie plays him four minutes, <laughs> right? Right, and then everyone else is get you know, and everyone else is getting bag skated to make up for it. Like that's that is the only thing that would concern me with that play. Yeah, I agree with that. Then I don't know. The only I don't know. I mean. And and he is only twenty, yeah. right? So he's he's a young guy, but I mean he's played he's played two seasons in the Liga already, so he's got a lot of experience mm-hmm. playing in the top men's league, you know. So I I'm with you. I definitely think some AHL reps would help him. I don't I don't think he's an 82 game NHLer right here right now, but I think in a bind, I think he could jump up and hang in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I would just be concerned that like Boogie plays in five minutes and. Plays right. everyone he else the, extra. Yeah, he gets he gets the Tim Heed treatment. Right. <laughs> um, Jonathan Dolan. Oh man, he's had a quiet camp for me. Yeah, same, same. Especially because he's he's spent you know he's been with Couture all camp. You mm-hmm. know he was he was on Couture's line um, in the Vegas game. I believe he had he had I want to say he had an assist. And he had a nasty shootout. Goal that shootout as well. goal was sick. Yeah, but the game against LA, he was with Couture as well. I don't believe he did anything of substance, at least on the score sheet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pre. It's a four at this point, a four game preseason. So it's it's the definition of a small sample size. But absolutely, he was he was that guy that you expected to show up and blow it up right away. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, and we'll we'll get to Eklund obviously, but yeah, Eklund's you know, next. Except except for this game, which is still ongoing, there's, you know, eight minutes of a second period and then a full, full third period left. But the two games Eklund has played so far, he's got a point in both of them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like, I'm not super concerned about Dolan yet, but, like, I, I agree with you. Very quiet camp so far. He hasn't really stood out. But he hasn't stood out in a bad way either. Right. Like, he hasn't, he didn't look like he didn't belong on the line with Couture. Like he hasn't looked out of place, but he hasn't stood out either. So I I think it's one of those things where I need to see a little bit more before I can really say what they have here. Um, I I feel like because he hasn't looked out of place, he's probably a lock for that opening at roster. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. But I just I'm I'm not like, but nothing's made me super excited. Right. That's kind of how I feel too. You know, I don't. He hasn't. I agree with you. He hasn't been bad, but it's like, you know, I was hoping that you were gonna stand out. Like maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if you played in three or four games, you know, maybe you had a goal in, in two of them or three of them. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. That Shudoku was was super sick. Yeah, but it was a. But it was a, <laughs> It was a, it was a pretend shootout in a pretend game. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, like, I I I was hoping for a little bit more, but again, like, I'm not like I don't think he's done anything where like he can't be on the roster. But I think if you look at sources where the Sharks are going to need to find some offense especially depending on what happens with Evander Kane. Like, that is a guy that you probably want to be a little more excited about going into the, the season. Right. I would agree with that, just based on based on the hype, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about William Eklund, because obviously the big talk right now seems to be, you know, could William Eklund be on the opening night roster? I mean... You know, uh, prior to tonight's game, obviously, which is still, you know, still going on. So um, there's time for that to change, obviously. But, um, you know, three assists in his previous two games. So obviously he's got a knack for for the offense and his play. His playmaking has been um, commended on Twitter, you know, after every game and um he just for 18 he just seems like he's really got it put together like offensively he's always sniffing around everything um he's not afraid to be physical you know he's not running guys over but he's not shrinking away from contact either no and he just i you know i don't want to say that he's going to score 80 points as a rookie i mean maybe he will but i'm not going to say that but like he's definitely a guy i think at this point, granted he is minus one right now, but plus minus is stupid anyway. Correct. I I think at this point, especially with Evander Kane out, I think you give him the nine games. Yeah, like to me, here's the thing: like the 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 score sheet is nice. Like obviously, look at the score sheet matters, right? Like this is a guy who is going to be when it's his turn, he's going to be counted on for offense. Mm-hmm. But what impresses me about William Eklund is not the the score sheet because like in the rookie tournament like he really didn't factor much on the score sheet the for the games that I watched but you watch him play and his positioning like his yeah he it's just he his hockey IQ is just beyond his years like he does things now that some players can't do five six years into the into the NHL He's got that unteachable skill. Yeah. Like he just, the way he, like his positioning, he knows when to, he knows when to jump into the play. He's still, you know, he knows when to, he knows when to jump in, but he also, he's good defensively. Like his, he's so defensively aware. Like his positioning is just, again, it's just like, he's so, he plays beyond his age. Now, obviously look, age does matter. He's going to need to probably get a little bit bigger. Right. But that's going to happen because he's only 18. <laughs> right. And that and that's, I don't know, I see a lot of people saying, this is my big takeaway. Okay. I see a lot of people saying, oh, don't bring him in the NHL. You're going to rush him. You're going to ruin him and all this stuff. And I and that idea, I do agree with that idea. But here's the thing. If he's already NHL ready, why mm-hmm. are you going to keep him out of the NHL? Yeah, there, there's two things. So, so I mean, because that kind of dovetails into the question that I want to, you know, like, should he be on the opening night roster? I think that as long as he keeps playing, like, I think that you should give him the opportunity to play until he proves, like, there's some guys where you, you know, 
you just know that they're not ready. So you send them away and you, you know, you let them work their stuff out for a guy like William Eklund, you give him the opportunity to play until he shows you that he can't exactly that he cannot hang. And if so, if that's more than, you know, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, but what if you burn a year of his contract? But if he's like, if he is ready to play in the NHL now and everything that I've seen of him to me says this guy can play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that hundred percent. I just like, like why? He, put, why? Like I don't. I the only the only so the only situation where I don't play him is a he proves he can't play or b if this is an absolute tire fire. Right, I agree with that. And the sharks, the sharks have the luxury of basically sending him wherever they want. Like he can go to mm-hmm. the Barracuda, he can go back to Deer Garden. Like they they have options with him. It's not it's not as absolute as if he were a junior player, right? Right. And or Canadian junior player, and so I, I just think, like you said, I don't, like I said, maybe I'm not gonna say, you know, he could score 80 points. I'm not gonna say he's going to, mm-hmm. but like, like you said, you need to give him the chance until he shows he can't play. And right now, like I said, three assists in two games, still time to get a point in this game. He's factoring in on the offense, despite the fact that every game he's played so far, he's been with a different line mate. Yep. So. That's another positive note for him as well is that he is he's flexible and he can work with whoever you put him with, which obviously you want in somebody who's going to be a franchise guy potentially. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. I, I, and I did see this on Twitter, so I feel the need to bring it up just because we were talking about it. Um, so Santeri Hataka, as of 14 minutes ago, um, I'm sure this has changed. But as of 14 minutes ago, he was second in ice time with 9 minutes, 27 seconds. And according to Curtis Pichelka, playing a quiet, steady game and could have the inside track to that 6D spot if Kanijov can't play. There you go. So what I mean to say by that is he's getting praise everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ataka is. But we're talking about Eklund. I just felt the need to bring that up. That's fine. No, it's that. Fine by me. Like, and, and here's the thing. Like, I understand, like, the, the idea of rushing a guy, right? Because obviously, like, the Sharks are going to look back at, like, a guy like Mirko Mueller, right? And I think that's going to be the, the quintessential the Sharks rushed him. But, again, like, this is why you let him play until he proves he can't. The problem with Mirko Mueller was they kept him long past where he proved he wasn't going to cut it mm-hmm. to the point where they couldn't send him back to junior because his junior team didn't have an import slot for him anymore. So he just right. sat in the press box. Right. Like, and, and that's the, it, but if he shows he can play and, the, and that's the thing, like that's my takeaway from everything I've seen. I see no reason. The best way to develop a player isn't to just hide him in the minors. It's to get him to play against players, the highest caliber that's not going to hurt him, right? So if that's the NHL, that is what's best for his development. If he, right. Why are you going to put a guy who can hang in the NHL in the AHL? Why not put him against, you know, the best? If he can't hack it, then yeah, you send him to the AHL, and that's fine. I mean, I think the idea of sending him back to Sweden is Looney Tunes crazy. Like, to me, even if even if you don't want him... You know, maybe if he doesn't make the, the team at a camp, and I still think he plays games in the NHL to start the season. Mm-hmm. 
I want him in the and, AHL. I want him. Yeah. I want to call him up whenever I can. And you know what? Yeah, I agree. Because if he's in Sweden, you're not going to want to call him up. You're not going to call him back. Right. He's gone. And then what? Right. I mean, and maybe, and maybe that's okay if the team's like a complete dumpster fire and you don't want him in that environment. Like if something goes, something goes, you know, super sour, and, mm-hmm. and this team's a dumpster fire and everyone looks like they hate life and and you know and everyone wants to get traded then maybe you don't want them there right right but i feel like for for a guy like Eklund who's done what he's done so far and again i'm not saying that he's gonna you know make the team out of camp and, and stick all 82 games but i think he should get the opportunity to try mm-hmm. based I- on what he's done I don't think it should be absolute that he just goes back to the AHL or the Swedish Hockey League. I think he needs he he should get the opportunity to try, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, and, and again, and if he doesn't, you know, and if he doesn't, if they decide that you know he he gets you know a few games into the season, I really don't care if they burn the first year of his ELC either. No, me neither. Like, if that's where he's going to get the best competition and the best chance to improve, then that's what they should do, right? Like, I look at this team is going to be, you know, this team as constructed, like, there's no magical Hyde Eklund for X period of time because it'll be long past that. Like, Eklund will be on this team. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, well, once, you know, Couture's gone, whatever, then it's going to be Ferraro's team. I'm not sold it's going to be Ferraro's team. It might be Eklund's team. Well, not only that, but it's like, <laughs> you know, Couture's not going to be gone for six years. Like, you really And that's wanna... my point. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, you're really saying, like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, we'll see, like, people say, oh, in six years it's going to be Ferraro's team. It's like, well, okay, but in six years, Mario Ferraro is going to be 29, and you're going to have the same people saying, oh, don't sign him long term. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Yeah. But there was one thing I wanted to make kind of as a comparable to uh, um, to Eklund. Okay. And so take a look at, you know, so think about Miko Rantanen for a second. Okay. He plays in the Liga, which is the Finnish league, obviously. Does mm-hmm. does very well there. Um, drafted. And he gets his nine games. You know how many points he had in those nine games? How many? Zero. Okay. He was scoreless in his nine games. Everybody's thinking, wow, we called this guy up. He had no points. You know, and then he went to the AHL, dominated the AHL. You know, 60 points in 52 games as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then... His first full NHL season, he only had 38 points in 75 games. And not once was anybody nervous about what he would become. Yeah. You know, obviously he would come 84 points, 87 points, 41 points in a 42-game season, 66 points in a 52-game season this year. So the the point I bring to say is even if, let's say, Eklund gets his nine games, if he's scoreless, mm-hmm. and then that next season he gets 30 30 points in 82 games like it's not the end of the world it's good steps in your development and now Miko Rantanen is one of the best right wingers in the league yep another guy you know another guy I would I would also bring uh that example to um where I think is also a comparable situation is Leon Dreisaitl 
Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. A guy Dude, who those first those first couple of years, Leon Dreisel. How many times did that guy get sent back to June? Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like like nothing that happens with Eklund concerns me. Like I don't think, like the way, like again, the just if you watch him play, like I don't know why you'd be concerned about him being on the roster. Exactly, and the, and to your point too, Leon Drysaddle played thirty seven games and then got sent back to junior. Yep. Like, yeah, because again, because it kind of goes back to also what I said. Like, and you know that Edmonton team was a dumpster fire and it had many so problems, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, again, so like, but again, like Leon Drysaddle, like, did they ruin him? No. No, they, and that's the thing. They they gave him a chance to show it. Yep. He did. He didn't have it, so they sent him back until he had it. Yep. And now he's got it, and he's one of the. He's a top ten player in the league, and it's the same thing with Eklund. Right now, Eklund is showing that he's got it. So yeah. you play him in the NHL, and if down the road five games, 10, 15, if he doesn't have it, or in Leon Dreisaitl's case, thirty seven, mm-hmm. like send him back. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's kind of like and that's where I feel about like William Eklund as far as making the team. Like, I just I think the talk of like oh don't rush him. Like, I don't think anyone's rushing him. I don't Especially think putting him in the NHL is rushing him. I think if you watched him play, like, and just put out of your head that he's eighteen years old and just watch him play, he looks like he belongs. He looks like he belongs more than players that have played in Teal significantly longer than him. Well, and that's the thing. Like, is it really considered rushing him if he's already there? Yeah. I don't know. That's like, that's my take on it. Like, I, I really like what, like, William Eklund has been absolutely as advertised, and it's the most excited. I don't remember the last time I've been this excited for a Sharks prospect. I share that sentiment as well. And you know what? I remember me, you, and Kevin doing a show, and you asked us, you said, what's the prospect you're eyeing for the Sharks at 7th overall? And I mm-hmm. said William Eklund, and we were all kind of like, yeah, that would be nice, but uh, who knows, right? Right. And so <laughs> just the fact that it Stupid happened. Stupid Detroit. <laughs> right. And, and, and just the fact that it happened, I think, in a, in you know, the Sharks have been asked the last couple of years, and now, mm-hmm. like, there's something to be excited for. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm excited, and that's the thing, too. Like, this season could be an absolute gong show, but if William Eklund is great, like, that just, you know, I won't like that they're a gong show, but at least I have something to be excited about going into the season. Like, there's, again, I don't know if this Sharks team is a playoff team. They're probably not. But, you know, with the stuff that they've done this summer, the the, the players they've brought in, you know, Cogliano, um, Reimer, Aiden Hill, like there's guys like I'm excited. Benino, like I'm ex- still excited to see where this goes. Well, and and say what you want, you know about how, you know about how the team is constructed and how well you think they'll do, but you have to give Doug Wilson props because he identified the problems with the team mm-hmm. and went out and got pieces to address that. He said goaltending. He yep. got two new goalies third line center he got a third line center depth in the bottom six he got cogliano everything he identified as a problem he picked up a solution for yeah theoretically yeah and and if it's you know like tiger says and if it and if it is an absolute gong show well shane wright's top of the draft and with all these players specifically with you know with cogliano um 
Barabanov, Hurdle. Ugh. You know, you could trade these guys for assets. Oh, man, I don't want to see Hurdle go. Me neither. But what I'm saying is, like, at least this may sound weird, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, if, like, at least if the Sharks are going to be shitty, mm-hmm. at least they have assets to trade away for futures. Yep. No, I agree. Like I like I can remember 2014-15 where the Sharks were really bad and it's like, "Hey, do you want to give us a fifth for James Shepard?" Like, mm-hmm. sure, you know, like so as as weird of a way it is to look at that, but like strictly if it is scorched earth, like the Sharks will have a launching pad into the next phase, I guess. Yeah, weird I agree. I agree. I mean, for I, I've criticized Doug Wilson so many times for being a guy who says a lot of words but never actually says anything. <laughs> right. But uh, this summer, you know, he, he said what he was going to do and then he did it. And I think that's, you know, it's it's commendable. Am I, I'm not, like, I'm still not super high on Doug Wilson as a GM. Like, I feel like this canvas probably needs a new painter. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... You know, but I can't deny that, you know, he said he was going to do stuff and he went out and did what he said he was going to do. So, um, I am, like I I said, like I, it, with everything going on, I guess the preseason games starting probably helped, uh, you know, actually watching, like seeing hockey on my, on my computer monitor probably helped. I mean, I like, I went from like, so last show I was like hockey, whatever, fuck it. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, let's see, let's go. Let's, you know, like yeah. it's, you know, William, like watching William Mecklin's obviously, I think, raised my spirits a ton. I mean, like there's a lot of questions on this team, but I still think like it's going to be interesting. Is it going to be, again, is this, I'm not saying this team's going to go and win the Stanley Cup this year, but I, I think they might surprise us. Maybe they don't. Maybe they surprise us by being an absolute dumpster fire worse than last year. And <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of excited for the puck to drop for real. Me too. And I don't know what else to say on that. Like, I don't know. I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end of this uh, podcast, I think. So, you know, we, in, in, um, in looking at the run sheet, there wasn't really a lot on there, but we, I felt we talked a good amount, which I think is always good. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like I had like the I wanted to finish the Know Your Enemy series because I think that's something that that we always do. Um and yeah, I mean we've managed to talk for an hour and forty five minutes, which is pretty par for the course for us. Um yeah, I just wanna say, you know, obviously thank everyone for for, for coming along. Like this is uh gonna unless unfor- something unforeseen happens this is probably it for tilt and glasses uh for now because uh again as the season approaches um we're all going to get back you know all, a lot of the content that tilt town provides is going to start uh churning out again and um i think that this show um would be redundant in that um in that mix of shows right Mm-hmm. And I feel like you would have to do all the podcasts, and that's probably also crappy. <laughs> right. Um, even then, you know, I mean, we, you know, that's that's kind of the fun thing is like if you really think about it. So like during the season, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm on the Pugnologists, and you contribute to After Dark a lot. Kevin obviously has in the Reef. So 
during the season, all three of us are kind of doing our own thing. But then in the summer, because there's not a lot going on, we we have the flexibility to sort of pull from each of Teal Town's like property is not the right word, but each of Teal yeah. Town's shows and kind of put it all together, you know? Yeah, so I, I, I want to thank everyone for uh, for coming along on this on this journey over the summer. I think ultimate I think ultimately I probably wanted to spit out a few more shows this summer than we did, but I think we did really good. And I appreciate everyone like that had such enthusiasm for this show coming back because it's mm-hmm. been gone for a long time and I hope we didn't disappoint him. But I think I mean we did, you know, two hour deep dives pretty much every time. Um, so I think for that aspect, we definitely kept the, the spirit of the show alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I really, really, really appreciate, uh, everyone, you know, the excitement everyone had for the show and everyone that came along for the show in the summer, especially, you know, when we got into like the real dog days of summer where there wasn't a whole lot going on, even this summer. Cause I feel like after, you know, there was that, the playoffs and then you had that just super, massive rush of everything right you had the expansion draft the draft the free agency and then it kind of you know we did have that little lull and everyone was still hanging out and i think we did actually some better numbers for those shows so um i really appreciate everyone uh being along and like i said like this is this might be it for for ttg this year but it's not it for us right like kevin's uh as far as i know kevin's still doing in the reef you know i'll be on after dark a ton i'm sure uh pucknologist starting up i don't remember when's pucknologist starting again uh we're aiming for october 24th there you go so uh, a little bit more time to go but again you know as as uh time gets going keep it locked here make sure you're subscribed and ring the bell and all that cool social media stuff that i'm supposed to say on youtube uh that way you'll see because there's going to be plenty of content coming your way especially more regularly as the season uh gets started the game start obviously after dark after dark after every game um you know uh and you will see my face a ton on there i'm sure because you always do uh and um but yeah no i really you know really appreciate everyone and i hope everyone uh is excited for uh, the content that's that's to come that you're that you become used to right um, and yeah and also there is the discord channel um, so if you're not in the discord channel let me know and I will uh, get you an invite to the discord channel where you can come and talk sharks video games all kinds of cool stuff uh, in the uh, Teal Town USA discord channel uh, hockey jerk any final thoughts yeah well you know I, I actually just went back and looked and you know we we were able this summer you know we did you know, we did eight two-hour shows this summer. Yeah, which I I think is, like you said, there's obviously it's obviously hot and heavy at various points of the summer, but there's also a lot of slow times during the summer. And so I think I think the fact that we were able to talk for sixteen hours over the summer, I think is, I think that's really cool. You mm-hmm. know, and you know it, it it keeps sort of keeps everybody you know keeps everybody at the table when nothing's going on. You know, keeps the brand relevant, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, as Ian said, after dark is going to come back after that first regular season game, you know, Pucknologist is coming back. Um, the first Sunday after, um, the sharks play a handful of games there, there is a Sunday after the first game of the season, but we felt it was better to just let after dark talk about that one game. Mm -hmm. So we'll be back the second Sunday of the regular season. Um, but you know, things are going to be happening, you know, and, and that's exciting. And so it's awesome that like, 
as much as things change and are either really excited or really boring or somewhere in the middle, like everybody's always there. Right. And I think it, you know, especially for something like, like teal tinted glasses where we do tend to veer a little bit off topic from the sharks that, you know, you guys obviously still hang in there with us and you like what we have to say, which is obviously really awesome. Um, I mentioned James Shepard earlier, and so I wanted to look just for fun. So the Sharks, when they traded him, they traded him for a fourth-round pick in 2016, and they used that draft pick to select Noah Gregor. There you go. So I think so. I think it worked out. There's your uh, we'll bookend that one. Uh, that that random Sharks player mention. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at hockey underscore jerk. Um, uh, the preseason is moving along. The regular season is about to start soon. So going to be, you know, obviously more active on that ca- account. I was, I was very quiet over the summer for a variety of reasons, but you know, now that hockey is back, you know, we're going to be more active and, you know, like you said, discord as well. Like we, you know, we are a hockey podcast, but if you join our discord server, there's other things you can talk about. You know, we've got chats for other sports, video games, movies, music. There are other uh, sports. Uh, yeah. Baseball, oh. basketball, football. Apparently okay. that is just what somebody told me. Okay. Um, politics. If you have a strong stomach. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, you know, and, and it's, it's a good time. You know, the only thing we ask is just, you just be nice. And that's really it. So yeah. Back to you. Yeah, um, obviously you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Ian Blogs Hockey. Um, and again, like I know I've been kind of quiet on Twitter too, but uh, I kind of go in and out of phases where I'm like active on Twitter. But I think as more sharks things happen, I usually like if there's something sharks happening, I usually throw my two cents in. Um, and I do like I always enjoy like like the Twitter conversation. So uh, feel free to at me uh, whenever, and you know as long as we want to have like an actual hockey chat. Don't just at me and tell me everything's terrible because I, what am I supposed to say to that? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, so yeah, again, uh, super appreciate everyone coming out uh, and watching the show and supporting us the way you have. Again, keep it locked on Teal Town USA for all the usual stuff that's coming up. Uh, there's going to be plenty of content coming. It's just an issue of getting the games going so we can get that content to you. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks again, everybody. We appreciate you and we hope you have a fantastic evening or day or whatever it is when you're uh, listening to this show. Thanks again, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>